politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to actually focus on what matters in the way it matters at the time it matters, rather than hear all the Fox News talk radio drones who focus precisely on the issues that don't matter. And if they find something that maybe might matter in a way, they'll do it in the wrong way, in the way it doesn't matter, and certainly never at the time it matters. So therefore, we are up the creek without an oar. But here we actually do have an oar, a rudder, a motor, a direction here at CR Podcast. On this Wednesday, it will be a short week, so we're going to try to pack in everything. Uh, today I'll be out the rest of the week. And you know what? I'm glad I am. I'm a little bit burnt out. You won't hear it today because we're going to give you the full, the full shebang, the full effort. But it is soul-crushing when you have people that are supposed to be on your side and claim to care about the same things, but then don't care. We are perfectly like a choking victim where you're choking on a bone and you're like, you got to cough it up. You got to cough it up. Do this, do that. Cough it up. Here's how you do it. Have someone help. And then you're like, screw it. It's going further down because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. But then at least you could benefit from that the other way. You could swallow it. What the conservative fake movement and just endless Trump talk radio is is doing is perfectly keeping that bone lodged in the most painful place that you can neither throw it up nor swallow it. No solutions. The left gets worse and worse and wins and wins. They win elections. They win policy. They win culture. They win everything. And we got nothing but a t-shirt with a mugshot. God must have a sense of humor on the same day yesterday having that Wisconsin Supreme Court election where in an unprecedented way, in a, in a state where usually things hinge on 1-2%, Democrats win by 11 points in that pivotal Supreme Court seat. But And that was never done in modern history, but 11 points while an unpopular Democrat is in the White House with a terrible economy. Usually it flips back and forth. When, you know, just like we saw when Obama was in the White House, it swung against uh, the Dems very strongly. When, when you know, Bush's second term, it swung against Republicans. That's how it would go. Democrats have managed to win all of the swing states, add Georgia and Arizona to their column as well, with the worst inflation, the, everything is going to hell in a handbasket. Why? And then meanwhile, that's in the swing states. Meanwhile, in the red states, we continue to lose the primaries, have rhinos, lose the legislative battles. Nothing happens. None of our people are protected. Oh, well, we got to stop political persecution. Let me tell you something about political persecution. I was going to have Big O Barnett on. We had him on, you know, two weeks ago to talk about the day itself of January 6th. Now we're going to talk about him being beaten and others he witnessed being tortured for three months in prison. And now he faces the rest of his life in prison in a sentencing in in less than about four weeks. I probably shouldn't reveal this, but he was going to come on today. He said, you know, I'm suffering today from depression and PTSD. I can't come on. Where the hell is this Trump MAGA populist Inc. Con Inc.? fake movement for people like him the last two years. I put out a seven-point plan on how red states could protect, at least to a degree, these people. And he is from the red state of Arkansas, but no one expects anything from Huckabee Sanders aside from vanity, fake superficial issues. SB8, the bill holding Big Pharma accountable, was shot down in the House after passing the Senate unanimously. Nothing matters. Nothing is changing. We're like a bunch of drunkards, got drunk on liquor, cheap liquor, and now we wake up and we're out in the streets, we got nothing. But nothing will change. Clearly things have not gotten bad enough, clearly they have to get worse. Now one thing I am looking forward to in this bad mood is our upcoming Patriot Academy handgun defensive training, April 23rd. There are a few spots left. Those of you who think maybe or thought you couldn't make it, You could meet me and other people in the audience and 
go on a five-day handgun defensive training at in Fredericksburg, Texas, their new campus, learn how to shoot, how to draw from the holster, how to clear malfunctions, how to properly handle a handgun in a way that you will win a defensive situation. It's not just, oh, how do we go target shooting? A lot of people have a range mindset when they shoot. They're not shooting to win. It's a different mindset. It's 500 bucks for the entire course. It's usually worth $2,000. We study the Constitution at night, shoot during the day, meet together, strategize together. Go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to register today. If you have any questions about the logistics of it um, that aren't answered on the website there, go to um, email defense at patriotacademy.com. So, folks, I want to give you an analogy to, to start off. We have this azalea bush outside of our home, right right on outside the doorstep uh, where you, you kind of sit on the porch. And one of my sons was like, there's all these bees there. Could you go and spray them and kill them? And I said, look, you don't have to worry about them. They're not these yellow jackets that kind of float around in the air. Uh, they're, they're these big bees that pollinate the bush. They, they, they won't bother you. You could be right inches away. They're not going to veer off. They, God gave them that job. They're doing a good thing. Why would I kill them? They're pollinating the, the nice flowers. And I, I was thinking, you know, the bees have their task. They're going from one flower to another, pollinating it. You could have a person even eating food a foot away from it. They won't veer off. They're focused on the mission. That's what I try to do here. That's the type of movement we need. That's the type of movement the left and the communists have. They're focused on task. State legislative elections, court elections, and even more important than elections, policies, policies, policies. They don't miss a beat. Yet we have a movement that consists basically of 100 people. They have tens of thousands, 100 people that make a lot of money, have a name, have an audience, don't do anything, don't inspire anything, don't give a vision. They earn a lot of money. And all they could do is possibly give voice in a macro sense to our causes, but we don't have much on the ground. But then if they're focused on Trump, done. They're completely paralyzed and there's no reservoir to focus on a single policy in a single state. We could talk about all the things going on with political persecution that need to be done. I thought at least this would help. Nope, nothing. Nothing. It's all about Trump needs to win in 2025, which is ironic because, again, you look at the electoral map. It is scary as anything for a Democrat with such a bad economy being in the White House. This is the type of map you have like when you're on your second term and and then there's fatigue from your party. You you lose these off-season elections, off-season special elections, you know, legislative, these these uh, you know, isolated uh, municipality elections. They're all going the other way in all the states you need to win an election. But anyway, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's this, that, we can't wait until January 2025 anyway. What are we going to do right now? And we have been building a vision for so long. Even if you lose those states, there's still about 20, 25 states that we could secure. We could secure the primaries with constitutional convention, uh, with, or with uh, representative conventions. We could... Focus on pressuring the governors, pressuring the legislature. All these issues we try to work on. We could have House Republicans. Maybe they can't pass it beyond the goal line, but they can inspire legislation that works its way through states. Obviously, you have the debt ceiling coming up, inflection points, a united vision on winning issues that matter to people's lives. That's all we can do. Instead, we have an imbalanced party that perfectly focuses on the wrong things, and the few good things they focus on, they do it to such an imbalanced extreme. It's like, Trump, 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 Trump to the gates of hell, 
ban abortion to the gates of hell. And again, we agree with banning abortion, but if you're bad on everything else and you don't have a broader kind of medical freedom vision, then it comes off bad. It, it does work in the red states, and that's great. It doesn't work in a state like Wisconsin, not in this imbalanced approach. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because obviously the Supreme Court election largely was about that. Um, and again, this is what you're stuck with. To me, the presidential election is not everything. It's not even much of anything. But to most people in this business, that's everything. Well, if that's the case, tell me how we're going to win without changing things. Well, Daniel, that's not Trump's fault. That's the RNC's fault. Well, who ran on changing the focus of the RNC to a nuts and bolts ground game from this current failure, Rona McDaniel? Hermit Dillon. Who did Trump support? Oh, yeah, that's right, Rona McDaniel. I forgot. I'm sorry. So here we are. We can't even benefit from this. And it's like it's like the worst of all, because at least if we're going to die on Trump's sword, die on it. But the left is smart. It's a very weak indictment. He's never going to serve a day in jail. It's ridiculous. But it's enough to jazz him up. It doesn't put him in jeopardy. But it it makes the base paralyzed and focused on him to give him the nomination, which is exactly what they want. See, at least if it was all about him, if people felt this need, oh my gosh, Trump's going to rot in jail and we have an inflection point in this country where red states just rebel. That's not happening. No one has suggested, except for me, a single idea. A single idea of what to do, other than talk about Trump all day and donate to his campaign. And the reason is because people don't care about Big O Barnett, people that are facing the rest of their life in prison, people that had to be beaten in prison for several months. See, if that happened to Trump, maybe we'd have this inflection point. But we don't. It's not bad enough. And that's what it's going to take. We're going to all have to be Richard Barnett. We're going to all have to be Sergeant Perry. And there are. There's heartbreaking stories of people that got crushed with COVID. The business owners. The people with the clot shots and the denial of treatment. It's not 51% of the GOP electorate. Much less the country. And it's, it sucks for those people. But it's not enough. For everyone else, I mean, I don't get it. For me, I could tell you, I don't earn a lot of money. I'm thankful to God that I could earn just enough and just swing for the fences and say what I want and do this for a living. But, you know, I'm finding for the first time in a very long time, I look at my checking account, I'm like, holy smokes, I have to add in more money from savings. Just the cost of living, of the basic needs is so insane. But again, I guess it's just not bad enough. It's not bad enough. There's no impetus to do anything. And even if there would be, no one has a sense of direction of what to do. So I want to I wanna go through some of this with the lack of inflection point, the lack of impetus from the Trump paralysis and also what happened in Wisconsin. And if we have time, more stuff on COVID fascism and the vaccines and all this stuff. And that's not even, forget it. I mean, they're, they're done with that. No one cares. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take. Now, folks, another thing I am excited about today, it kind of ameliorates my mood. We have a brand new partnership, Barrel Buddy. Those of you going on our Patriot Academy gun trip, we fire about 700 rounds throughout the five-day course. You're going to need to clean that gun. It's something we all have to do. And I hate to get kind of, you know, disgusting here, but, you know, you can't go to the bathroom and not clean yourself. So it's the same thing. You can't enjoy your firearm and see, be like, I'll put it in there, put it in the safe and, and forget it. And I know a lot of people are like, I, you know, I'm scared of semis. They could jam. I'm going to go with a revolver. And I know I'll get hate mail for dumping on revolvers, but I hate revolvers. They'll, they'll, you'll never be as accurate. They won't. They don't have as many rounds. Um, the only way your gun will jam is unless it's a piece of garbage. If it's a normal, you know, Sig, 
H and K, Walther, you know, it shouldn't unless you never clean it. So you got to clean it. You got to clean it safely. It's really annoying. Um, I have struggled with this that you're dealing with these swabs. They get your hands all dirty. You you, you shove it through the barrel. Then you get lint in the barrel. And you never know if you cleaned everything out. Or you have these uh, little snakes, but they're not, they're, they never fit the barrel properly. Buddy Barrel or Barrel Buddy is amazing. Eric and Paul and Jim, three guys, three friends, 10 years ago. Um, they just, they were sick of this and they made this, this uh, product where it's, it's a foam, very, you know, very thick. It almost looks like it can't fit in, but it easily, you push it through and it, it has amazing compression in one shot gets it all out 360 degree compression and then it has a double action while you're pushing it out it squeezes out the lubricant in an equal or or the cleaning agent in an equal um application has the proper compression and then also many times then you want to lube the gun and i'm always scared am i putting too much on is it uniform you could use it to lubricate, dip it in the lube, push it through. You get a uniform application of that lube. It's clean. It's accurate. It's efficient. It is amazing. Um, I it, it is. I'm just so passionate about it because I've always hated cleaning my gun, and you wind up going another few hundred rounds without doing it. And when you really, you really shouldn't, because you could risk a jam there, especially if this is your home defense gun. Um, you know, too often we're trying to jam a round peg or a square peg into a round hole. This is quite literally jamming a perfect round peg into a round hole. Um, no lint, no mess. It is just, it's like butter. So if you go to BarrelBuddy.com, check out their video, you'll see it. It's $14.99 for a pack. You get 50 of these in a pack. So it's very, very cost-effective. Um you know, especially you guys that are kind of first-timers just getting into this. You don't have an established modus operandi. This is the best product I have found to absorb all the residue and give you a perfect cleaning and lubrication. Again, don't be one of these guys that never cleans your guns. It's not safe. Um, it's the surest way to get a malfunction, even in a good gun, eventually. So go to BarrelBuddy.com. They're terrific conservatives, terrific patriots, everything made in America. Um, just, I, I just love this company. And, you know, they, they don't get enough support really from the established big gun indus- industry that's also kind of a click, frankly, doesn't do enough for our cause. Um, and they stand down. This is really parallel economies. Again, I, I, I feel so strongly about this. BarrelBuddy.com. Join me in revolutionizing cleaning your firearm today. So I'm seeing all these excuses for why Trump had to turn himself in. He had to turn himself in. Daniel, he would have been a fugitive. He couldn't campaign. Jude, this is the inflection point we needed. You have a glass jaw prosecutor, weak thing. He has secret service. He has the governor's protection. Say no. This is his job. And if you have an excuse, why the hell did you demand DeSantis do it? DeSantis is in the same thing. When you're saying he shouldn't extradite, what are you saying? That he just posture? No, you want him to mean it. Well, if he means it, you know what would happen? Bragg would go to the Supreme Court, the federal Supreme Court, interstate dispute here, and you would have a nine to nothing ruling against you. Clarence Thomas might write some dicta and say the underlying charges are ridiculous, but you got to comply with the extradition. Well, if you want DeSantis to stand by it, you know what would happen? He would be in contempt of court just as much as Trump, as if they would, you know, because if Trump would refuse to go, they'd go to a federal court. Same thing. Garbage in, garbage out. It is indefensible to demand that other people service the idol but the idol doesn't service us. And it's not what Trump could do for you, but what you can do for Trump. That's the era we live in. It's all about that. It's disgusting. 
And by the way, I want to clear up one thing. I'm seeing this misinformation. Everyone's like, DeSantis didn't say he'll block it. He just said he wouldn't assist. Dude, it's the same thing when you're dealing with another state or city or borough in this case. A state, the NYPD cannot come in. They cannot grab someone. They have no jurisdiction in another state. The way extraditions work is the state of jurisdiction there has to assist. The governor signs an order to the Florida State Troopers to nab the guy, honor the warrant, and deliver him to NYPD. And they, you know, organize some sort of logistical, uh, you know, trip there and had a, had a transfer. You know, it works every day. It goes on every day throughout the country. If he says, I'm not going to assist, there's no way of them doing it. The only way it would matter between not assisting or actively, like, you know, throwing up a barrier or something would be the feds because the feds could come in the marshals fbi so you know you say you're not going to assist well yeah they'll come in anyway so the only way to block it is if you actively block it which frankly you know there's no real way of them blocking it without having a war i would love for us to get to that point to block immoral federal you know warrants but we're not there yet and it's unreasonable to demand that of a governor at this point especially to do it alone without the support of half the states but again, this is this is NYPD. So DeSantis put himself on that line. But again, it's all about the man. Wake up from your drunken stupor. And again, I just be, be before we get into Wisconsin. So you say, all right, screw it. Let's lose the purple states. All right, but you have the red states. We do not have forces on the ground. I'm trying to build them. I don't have an Arkansas team yet. Trying to build them. We don't have a movement in almost any state to create critical mass pressure on red state legislators and governors. But there was an amazing bill, Senator Brian King, SB8. It would hold people like Pfizer, pharma execs liable for manslaughter if someone dies from their vaccine or therapeutic from a malady that's proven that they covered up, and we now have it. We have tons of information on the COVID shots that they actively covered it up. You would be liable for manslaughter, just like some of these bills that we're trying to pass for fentanyl traffickers, that you're liable not just for fraud or trafficking, but you're liable for manslaughter if someone dies from fentanyl from one of your uh, you know, packets that you trafficked. It passed the Senate unanimously because the legislators looked at it. Hey, that's a great idea. Okay. You know, it was by a guy that was somewhat respected. Brian King, it was worked out. Pharma made their stand in the House Judiciary Committee. I don't even know if there's a, maybe there's one Democrat on the committee. And they blocked it. Won't go to the House floor. Where was the pressure to get Huckabee Sanders involved in this? Assuming she wasn't downright on the other side of it. And I'm telling you, it works. The few times that talk show hosts with big voices do it, it works. You saw that with Glenn Beck when he got involved with that cryptocurrency provision and got Christy Nome to champion our cause and veto the bill. It worked. And by the way, speaking of Glenn Beck, I, you know, again, good news here. Eric Henson, he had his license yanked. He, uh, Glenn was gracious enough to have Dr. Henson on his show. They reached out to the medical board. They put the pressure. A lot of you made calls. They backed off. You see what happens when we focus on our own backyard where we constitute the majority. Republicans could suck. They could have the wrong message. They could have a stupid message. They could turn voters off. And we might lose all the swing states. And we are losing them. But one thing is guaranteed with the polarization of the country. The deep red states are not, there's no danger of the Democrats winning there. The danger is the Republicans are like Democrats. But there's no strategic questions. All you have to do is focus. But I promise you that will never happen so long as we have a movement that is paralyzed by Donald Trump. 
And and it's a mixture of Trump and the establishment. And and it's the Trump establishment. At some point, they meld into one. Give me a break. He is the face of the party. For every voter, he is the, for better or for worse, he is the face of the party. Not even Mitch McConnell. Most people don't even know about him that don't follow politics. It's all Trump all the time. So you go to Wisconsin. You know, at some point, facts need to matter. Results need to matter. Now, to me, I think the federal government is lost. I'd be happy if we did all of my action items in the red states. In the red states. But Wisconsin is an interesting state. Wisconsin is a microcosm of America. That it was kind of a 50-50 state that we're actually losing unprecedentedly when the left is in the White House with a terrible economy. Never happened like this. That should scare everyone. They have, they have fundamentally remade the election, the, the electorate, in 2018 and 2020. It held in 2022, and it's getting worse. And this is not the only sign of that. But interestingly enough, on, on some, there is good news I want to announce before the bad news that a lot of people missed last night. Republicans came away from the election, last election, 2020, in November, with a supermajority in the Wisconsin House and one short of a supermajority to override because there's a Democrat governor to veto, one short in the Senate. There was a special election, and they won. Now, that was, I, I don't know exactly, but presumably it was a microcosm of the country. That was in a redder district. So in a redder, smaller district, they are able to still win. So now they have a supermajority. Technically, you could add Wisconsin to the list of supermajority states, even though there's a Dem governor, but they should be able to govern from the legislature for the most part. Now, you have to keep every Republican in line, but again, if, if you're not, that's because Republicans suck. That's not but the Democrats. If, if you are focused on them and pressure them, we should be able to get you know, not just block bad things from the governor, but downright govern over his veto in Wisconsin. So that's actually an interesting news tidbit. But at the same time, we have shown we cannot win statewide in a state like Wisconsin. And by extension, we cannot win statewide. We cannot win a national election. So what we're seeing is there's a permanent dynamic that's playing out in America unless we change something where the left is going to win presidential elections. The left is going to, you know, pretty much have control of the Senate, maybe 50-50, maybe Republicans get 51. Republicans could still have the federal house. But Republicans will still maintain state legislatures in many places. Because again, just to understand the geography, let's say you have a state that Republicans win or Democrats win 53-47 statewide. But because Democrats are localized to urban areas, Republicans win more districts. So like a 50-50 statewide map gives Republicans a tremendous advantage in the state legislature. You have to have a very blue state or a very gerrymandered state in order for Dems to have an advantage in the state legislature. That's, I'm not going to get into the political science of that, but that's, that's a fact no one disagrees with. Now. You might say this because the Democrats won control of the state Supreme Court last night, winning by 11 points in that pivotal race, they might now use the state court to screw up the legislature and, you know, whatever. They probably will. But that's the key. Is there an effort to work on policy in that legislature? No. But everyone wants to know, how do you lose? How do you lose? And the answer is, it's all of the above. It's not all Trump, but certainly you can't take Trump out of the equation. He is the most notorious face of the GOP. It's all of it. It's the establishment. It's Trump, the Trump establishment. But most of all, it's an Im imbalance of messaging, of imaging. We have noisemakers. We have pots and pans being banged every day. We don't have serious messaging. We don't have serious policy and vision. We don't have serious ground game, serious activism, serious organization. We have talkers making a lot of money, doing very well for themselves. We don't have a movement. 
And so that's, you know, obviously we don't have a movement on the ground, but it's also messaging. A lot of people have brought up the, the abortion issue. And I know I have given you a nuanced view of it, and I'm going to extrapolate that upon that today. You cannot doubt that the abortion issue is hurting us in states like New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, at a minimum, and maybe you could add, add a few more. There is no question that is settled science. Daniel, are you saying we should just, you know, you know, Support abortion? No, it's not what I'm saying. Some issues are categorical winners. Some are categorical losers. Most issues are nuanced. That in a vacuum, well, so two things. Number one, it depends on the intensity, how far you go on the issue. You know, if you accentuate the radicalism of the left and you make it about partial birth abortion, late-term abortion, we win. You make it more about early-term, but especially rape and incest, you know, it's it. the polling has always been bad on that. Now, it doesn't mean you can't intrepidly push the right thing. That's a losing issue. If it's part of a balanced panoply of multiple issues that are winning issues that you present to the public. So you're fighting for my body, my choice. You're fighting for, for medical freedom on every front. It makes it, you know, the, the, the key thing, Ron Johnson, remember, he just won statewide. What was his big issue? Medical freedom. You you won on it. You fight for the, the public on the economy, on the cost of living. You shed that fake GOP corporatist image. New ideas, new messaging. You don't have a glass jaw. Then you could stand for all of it. That's what the left does. Do you think... I mean, Wisconsin's turned bad on us, but do you think Wisconsin is as radical as that crazy woman who won? No. But they stand for all of it. They use wedge issues, and then they bring all of it along. That's what you do. But if you're basically a party that is indistinguishable from the left, but then you're like, ban every abortion in the case of rape, and you're so loud and proud about it, and then Trump, 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 that's a recipe for disaster. It's kind of like the same thing we said on tax cuts. I'm not for raising taxes. But it's got to be balanced. You can't be cut taxes, cut taxes, but then you don't have a broader economic free market populist message. The Republicans have been very imbalanced for years. You can't be imbalanced on the issue. Let me bring in DeSantis. Florida, yes, it has been trending red. And DeSantis made it red. Yes, people are moving in. But at the end of the day, Florida, especially on abortion, is not Alabama and Oklahoma. It's not. It's just not. I don't have new data, and you, maybe you could look this up, abortion polling state by state. I have a Pew polling. If you look up Pew polling state by state on abortion, 2014. So it is very old. It's nine years old. And clearly, Florida is a lot redder. But you'll get the point. The amount of people who believe in the state that abortion should be banned completely or mostly, it was 38% in Florida. Seven points below Wisconsin. Now, again, now it would be more even out, but let's say it's even with Wisconsin. Let's say it's even a little bit more. More, But it's not a majority. It's not a majority that believe it should be almost always banned, always banned, you know, like you can get away with in, in a state like Oklahoma. It's just not. It's not that type of state. Not yet. Maybe it's getting there. It's not like that. How the hell did DeSantis win by 19 points he won, if you look at the exit polling, the demographics and the locations like Palm Beach County, where those voters are slaughtering us. The amount that we bled in the Wisconsin, the Milwaukee suburbs that were traditionally GOP and are bleeding away. It is something I didn't see coming, but clearly the, 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 the Dobbs issue is bleeding in those states. Now, it doesn't mean you can't stand for it, but it means in the current balance and mix 
of the GOP, what they are and aren't, the corporatism and the Trumpism, and it all mixes together, then it's lethal. It's a toxic, it's like a chemical compound. Well, is this bad or good? Well, you know, it's a chemical compound. So it depends. It could totally be a different story in another package. If you would pull some of those voters in Palm Beach County, do you think abortion should be banned at every stage and in the case of rape? They'd say, hell no. Some of them. But DeSantis presented them with a broader image, particularly on medical freedom, but on so many things, wow, you know, he's doing a good job. I, I don't agree with him on everything. That's how you win in this country. And again, not to mention you have your Alabamas and Oklahomas where you don't even need to have any nuance. And you could go pedal to the metal on that and every other issue. And we don't. Only on abortion, but nothing else. So, that, that, so it's two things. We have a, the worst image to win in swing states. And then in red states, we're not even, you know, where we're not being punished for a very hardcore view on abortion, and we could replicate that on every other issue. We don't. You have the left-wing corporatists running every other issue, except for abortion, guns, and lower taxes. That's it. One after another. Bob Hall's medical freedom bills, they're passing out of the Senate Health Committee. Hopefully, they'll pass the Senate. You have that rhino dirtbag, Speaker of the House. It will go nowhere without a movement to push them. Where's our movement? We don't have one. So that's the point on abortion. If you're going to go hardcore, if you're going to say, our goal is we're going to worry about them killing their babies, not killing our babies, the genocide that they are doing on medical care. See, that's what I can't respect, that if you're going to you know, lose an election for abortion, but not on forced abortions. I don't give a darn about that. Because let's face it, let's be honest. Conservative commentators and leaders are told what to think. Do they really deep down? There are cultists, but oh my gosh, Trump, I'm, I'm dying. I'm willing to. No. It's they look around. Ooh, okay. This is what everyone's focused on. It's almost like bullies in middle school. So the the the, the, the weak kids have to like, yay, yay to the bully because they don't want to get bullied themselves. So they have to show that they're they're all into it. And that's what they do. So it's the same thing. It's always been that way. The cool issues are abortion, taxes, and guns. So, you know, and you're finding this with guns too. It, it gets a little gaudy. And look, I mean, two of my sponsors today are, are, are guns. Um, and I love guns, but it's like these pictures, naked females with conservative women in bikinis with ARs. It's like, okay, guys, it's, it's a bit much. Like, like, what are you trying to do there? You know, but, but that's the thing. When you don't have any distinguishable characteristic differentiating you from the left, you have to take the two, three you know, distinctions and just go like a nut with it and look like an idiot in front of the voters. I might sound squishy today on that, but I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. You have to have a broad balance. A broad balance. You know, I, I had um I had people for years during the Obamacare fight. They'd say, Daniel, I'm actually a liberal. I love what you're saying on healthcare. When we talked about why healthcare doesn't operate like a market, what its fault is, what we can do, it's like a totally different vision. I'm just giving one example. It's it's you know, there's other issues we can do that on. But in the same issues with the same people and the same message and the same players and the same GOP, and yes, Trump is no longer the outsider versus the establishment. He is the establishment. I want to get to that on the other side of our ad. It ain't going to work, and you're going to get the same results, which is red states remain blue. We achieve nothing on policy. You don't even win elections anymore, and you got grifting. These people are not servicing you. The top radio show hosts, the top Fox hosts, the top organizational CEOs of conservative grifting organizations, they are selling you out. It is selfish what they are doing. The lack of focus. And I could take one week focus on Trump, Trump and the indictment, but it's been going on all year already. And it's going to continue going on. With no impetus to act even on that issue itself. 
But folks, as I give you a 2020 vision on what matters, a sense of direction, well, you got to have a sense of direction in your own eyesight. My family, we're all nearsighted, so we rely on our glasses. I choose Better Spectacles, America's only conservative eyewear company. Uh, their great product is that they offer Rodenstock eyewear, uh, authentic German eyewear, which is the world's gold standard, exclusively exclusively for the first time in the U.S. They offer biometric intelligence glasses or big, which has measured 17,000 points in the eye to give you a seamlessly natural experience. Um, heck, maybe this is why my colleagues are dumb as mud. You know, they uh, they don't have better spectacles. <laughs> And their brain just can't work seamlessly with their eyesight. With the, you know, this real low IQ problem. But anyway, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders with my big glasses, 40% better vision at near and intermediate distances. Uh, everyone in my family who wears eyewear now has this. Uh, my younger kids still aren't on that. So hopefully we could keep it that way. But go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative for 61% off progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Again, go with prog- the best progressive eyewear from the only conservative eyewear company, not a progressive eyewear company. That's betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So, folks, I don't know what to say here. All right, you say Trump is unelectable in in purple states, but man, he goes around to the red states and he elects the best MAGA guys and we get hardcore stuff. Maybe it's polarizing, maybe the purple states don't like it, but you know what? We could have Trump's America, and I say that facetiously, the perceived view of what he stands for, in 20 or so states. I would take that any day. I was incensed yesterday when I saw Cindy Hyde-Smith. You might never have heard of her. Senator, junior senator from Mississippi. She endorsed Trump. And it reminded me something that pissed me off. This BIT is literally Lisa Murkowski, except occupying ruby red, culturally conservative Mississippi. She voted for gay marriage. She voted for every omnibus bill. Every single McConnell terrible thing that happened in the Senate last year, she voted for. She is a rhino's rhino. She's actually a Democrat most of her life. It didn't have to be this way. Do you know who ran against her in the primary? Chris McDaniel, the original MAGA movement. And the original stolen election, by the way. He did all the hard work. Defeated Thad Cochran in the first round. Then they cheated in the runoff. Then Cochran dies they have an open seat. The dirtbag governor appoints this leftist piece of garbage, Cindy Hyde-Smith. So she's not a legitimate incumbent. She is an appointed one. Trump could have endorsed McDaniel. He could have stayed out of it. He endorsed Cindy Hyde-Smith and gave us another rhino. If you want to know why there's a 90-10 rhino majority or leftist majority in the Senate, it's because of Donald J. Trump. Not only did he not serve as that voice, To augment our numbers, he went backwards by endorsing every piece of garbage, and now they endorse him. It's now a pay-for-play. So there's this moral hazard whereby Trump serves as a loincloth for red state rhinos. He created a moral hazard whereby precisely the very rhinos from the deepest red states that we need to defeat now have the easiest panic button they can press. They can ingratiate themselves to Trump's base by by kissing up to Trump personally without having to give an inch on policy, including the issues that MAGA supposedly cares about, thereby rehabilitating the establishment and neutralizing any populist rebellion. That's what's going on here. See, if you're in a, the purple state ones, then they're the ones who speak out against Trump because they're scared they can't win a general. But what's happening in red states is very interesting. Red states, again, no matter what, you know, you can't go wrong being into Trump. But you could go wrong being into the issues he supposedly but doesn't really support because then your corporate donors won't be happy with you. So they get to have their cake and eat it too. This is the Elise Stefanik, the Lindsey Graham, the Cindy Hyde-Smith. They're horrible on every issue except for Trump himself. 
Meaning as opposed to like the other like blue state or swing state Republicans. So they're horrible on the issues and they publicly hate Trump. All they have to do is kiss up to Trump. So in the MAGA world now, like we talked about yesterday, it's not about how good you are on the issues. It's about how much you kiss Trump's dirty ass. So Thomas Massey is a horrible person to MAGA. He's the greatest person on issues, but he's criticized Trump. Whereas Cindy Hyde-Smith says, I love you, Trump. And she's literally a fag servative in every sense. We are left with nothing. We're not left. We don't have issues. We don't have, we can't even use his thing as an inflection moment to help out people like Richard Barnett, who could not come on the show today because he's suffering PTSD, got beaten in jail, and now he's facing the rest of his life unless he wins a miracle on appeal. We should be pressuring every state, like Governor Huckabee Sanders, to create a legal defense fund that the state out of the attorney's general office has his back and gives him help, legal help. They at least file an amicus brief on his behalf. But nothing. Name me a single outcome that will come out of this endless drunkard focus. Trump's rear end as an end to itself. Nothing else matters. Ask not what Trump could do for you, but what you can do for Trump. And by the way, the left will continue to interfere with the primary because they can. But they're interfering not in the way the Trump people say. See, we can never interfere with the Dems. Rush tried to do this in the 08 election with Hillary and, and Obama. You know, it didn't really do much. They got their man in the end. But the reality is they have the ability to mold and shape what our voters care about. You see, if we had our own rudder, it was like this show, we focused on all the people persecuted, we focus on medical freedom, we focus on the legislation, we focus on the primaries, making red states red, all of our action items. So then we're going to continue doing that. But we have a mindless, loser, low IQ, fake movement led by even dumber people. They only focus on what the left tells them to focus on. So the left is going to continue making Trump the issue, knowing that they'll continue to make Trump the issue until they get him to win the primary. So you, you see my point. I want DeSantis to win, not so much because I want him to be president. We can't freaking wait until January 2025, and there's a limit to what anyone can really do as president. The country's lost. It's that at least he won't get in our way and paralyze us. And in fact, he'll, and he's even said this himself, it's about making red states red. Other governors could be doing more. That's what it's about. It's about what he represents. I'm under no illusion that you Trumpify DeSantis, if you know what I mean, that somehow you'll get amazing results. No one person's going to fix this. But this is where we are. Out of luck. Do you know how intrepid the left is? While our people rot in jail for self-defense... Do you know Pittsburgh just reached the $275,000 settlement with BLM rioters because the police used tear gas and they were like violent as anything. With January 6th, it's on video. You can't deny it. There was zero violence in the crowd until they started injuring people for nothing. And yet not only don't they get paid, it can't even be used as a defense to get people to, you know, at least ameliorate some of the charges. Nothing matters. And meanwhile, the excess deaths pile up and pile up and pile up. Finland. Do you know Finland has more excess deaths per capita in 2020 than the UK did? No, in 2022, than the UK did in 2020. 
The UK did horribly in 2020. It was kind of on par with the US, pretty close. There are COVID death numbers. That was no treatments, no anything. The original strain, yet Finland, that did fine, almost had no COVID until 2022. It's not just that they had more deaths than they had before. They had more deaths per capita than the UK had in 2020. This is with the mildest variant that is not really thrombotic and doesn't really cause a cytokine storm. Yep. We know exactly what caused that. We know exactly what caused that. And then you have the news. Talk about a corrupt justice system. Pfizer's the anti-fraud trial from Brooke Jackson dismissed. Marianne DeMassey on her uh, Substack. Pfizer hid data on waning immunity as, will- as millions queued to get vaccinated. By June 2021, the pandemic endgame story had gone off script. Highly vaccinated countries were getting crushed. Um, and Peter Doshi, right, he's the uh, editor of the British Medical Journal. He said it's clear from the documents that these analyses were almost four months old by the time they became public. That basically, on, on April 1st, 2021, so just a couple months into the vaccination, and a lot of countries barely started by then, when Pfizer announced its six-month data from its Phase three trial, there was no mention of waning immunity by Pfizer or the regulators, even though they had that information. They had that information. And again, waning immunity, as Robert Malone said on the show, around that time, it was around that time he actually said it, maybe April, May 2021, you got the waning on the way up, so you got the negative efficacy on the way up and then on the way down. Because it's not just waning, oh, it's you know not 90%, it's, it's 60%. No, it goes negative. So in totality, it, 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 for the original strain, it offered a little bit of protection for a short period of time, but that's ridiculous because... A, it caused all the side effects and killed people. But then, even against COVID, you know, it's it's like saying, you know, you score three runs in the first inning, but you lose the game seven to three. Well, that inning is meaningless. What matters is in totality, you have negative efficacy against COVID. So you might see like a lot of this illusory data that shows this efficacy. That's where it's coming from. It's all coming from that original thing. Dumped a bunch of cheap antibodies that killed people for that kind of window had some degree of protection, never obviously stopped transmission. And here we are. And there's more and more and more and more down the pipeline. Now, I, I want to end off. I mean, you talk about action item. What distinguishes this show from everyone else? I am working on my next project here, something very important. There's a leverage point we have that you guys need to know about and you need to call your Republican congressman about. I'm going to be busy the next, I mean, I'm taking off, but I'm going to be busy for um, the next week focused on this. What sort of leverage do you have when you control the House but not the Senate and the White House? Well, there's the debt ceiling, there's the budget bills. There's also things called reauthorization bills. Most things go on autopilot. You have to repeal them in order to, uh, you know, in order to do anything, and if you don't have all three branches with conservatives, which we never do, then you're screwed, and hence that's why we are where we are. But there are certain programs that have sunsets that they're perpetually reauthorized, but you have to reauthorize it. Absent a reauthorization, the statutory um, undergirding of that agency or program is done. There's one reauthorization that's up for this year. And it happens to be the program that's at the linchpin of COVID genocide, or one of them. It's not the PrEP Act. That doesn't expire. But it's something called PAPA, okay? Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act. It expires the end of the fiscal year, September 30th. It was last Um, reauthorized in 2019. It was originally signed by Bush in 2006, basically to comply with the original 2005 WHO international health regulations. Basically what it did was it created this um, 
office within HHS Assistant Secretary of Preparedness and Response, which in turn created BARDA. BARDA. That's the big gain of function. They're at the nexus of responding to a pandemic, which means not just when there is a pandemic, but the last, really since 2006 when it was created, creating gain of function, creating vaccines, creating bioweapons, creating things, um, engaging in contracts to basically allow Pfizer to engage in fraud. Surveillance. Surveillance is a big part of their statutory purview. If that simply by doing nothing... Okay, when you have one branch, you can't have leverage to get a new law passed. But if you have one branch, they need you to reauthorize it. Absent that, all of that, BARDA, BARDA dies. BARDA dies without a reauthorization. Okay? And I don't see anyone talking about this. This is our leverage to stop COVID fascism from ever, ever happening again. I have an article out coming out today. It's going to be a conservative review. 12 ways Republicans can use the one leverage point on pandemic authority to prevent COVID fascism from ever happening again. And they could demand, absent these things, we will not reauthorize it. I'm trying to alert the good guys, make an issue of this, but I'll tell you, we don't have a movement. These are the type of plays that a smart movement thinks of. And I'll let you in on a secret. I'll let you in on a secret. Do you know how I found out about this? I found out about it, as always, as I often find out about good legislation, good ideas, from the left. The American Hospital Association, the cartels, are demanding reauthorization and to you know everything I want to ameliorate, they want to make worse. More surveillance, more experimentation, more vaccines, more mRNA. More money for the hospitals. By the way, by the way, just so you know, one of the action items, we talk about the hospital genocide. It's through this program. It's through um, the assistant, you know, a, the SPR, Hospital Preparedness Program, HPP. That's where you have all the remdesivir and ventilator bonuses. That's where it is. It's set to expire. We have a dumb, low IQ movement. There is not a single sub-issue of a single issue within a subcommittee of a committee in any legislative body, county, state, or federal in this entire country, including in the reddest of red states, that the communists are not operating in. We barely have operations on a single issue in a single state and a single committee on a single anything. Therein lies the problem. When will it end? When will it end? So, folks, obviously this is Holy Week for... Christians, for practitioners of my religion, uh, it's Passover tonight, so I'm going to be gone the rest of the week, and frankly, this is just a horrible week to be doing what I'm doing, because it's just, nothing good is happening, and everyone's stupid. The Exodus, Passover is a celebration of the Exodus, it was established by God at that point, that point forward, it is never okay for a human being to rule over another human being. We are meant to be free. The problem is now we're slaves to our own desires, our own distractions, our own stupidity. We have it in our power to create our own exodus from slavery, at least in parts of the country. But we need a Moses. We need, and you don't need a, you don't really need a Moses, but you need a movement you know, it's not. I, I don't want to get distracted. It's not a matter of one guy. We need leaders. We need followers who are willing to follow right things. Even what I'm proposing, I will admit, is small potatoes. This is so much bigger than any of us. We need to pray for guidance. But we need to recognize that we need to do better. And what Trump has done is he's taken everything that was wrong with the GOP that we've been trying to fight for years. And rather than fixing it, he made it worse because he paralyzed the most hardcore base from ever thinking about doing anything but the man himself. No, folks. It's time to ask what Trump can do for us, not what we can do for him. And that's true of DeSantis. That's true of every Republican running for every office in office. Let's get on the side of God. 
Let's get our elected leaders on that side, not the other way around. Hope you guys enjoy the end end of the week with all the insanity. Sorry to leave you here, but we're going to call it a day here. Send me your comments, questions, concerns, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. I won't be checking emails, so this is going to be completely out. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to catch up on it next week. We'll be back reinvigorated, same time, same place on Monday. Till then, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.